So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NFL, NBA, and sometimes college. Today, we will discuss our picks for the NBA playoffs, um, the NFL contract extensions, um, Cam Newton being the starter for New England, our picks for the NFC divisions in the NFL, and the hiring of Steve Nash for the Brooklyn Nets. But before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. So my name is Muhammad, and I'll let my partner introduce himself. Yes, it's Alex, and of course, run those listens up. Sports is about to hit overdrive. I didn't think the NFL season would really come, but we're here now. Run those listens up. Oh yeah, we're here. Sports is in full effect. I think we just about have every sport going on at the same time. Um, but the first thing that we're going to talk about is the NBA playoffs. So currently, as we as we are recording, um, the series between the Lakers and the Rockets is tied 1-1. Clippers lead the Nuggets 2-1. Celtics lead the Raptors 3-2. And the Heat lead the Bucks 3-1. So with how the series have all played out so far... What has been the most surprising so far? The most surprising would be, have to be Milwaukee's performance. Uh, I knew, like, I really thought even way before uh, the playoffs really got here that Milwaukee didn't want to see Miami. I, I, I kept saying this. And, of course, they're my team, so there may be some favoritism added on to that. But I really confidently, even through analyzing, felt they didn't want to see Miami. I just didn't think they were going to go down 3-0. Um, and, of course, yeah, they did get the one game, but without Giannis. So it's quite surprising the performance of Giannis and the performance of the Milwaukee Bucks with and without him. Yeah, I have to agree. That has to be the most surprising with the Bucks against the Heat. Um, I thought that this would be a pretty good series, but not uh, domination because really they were pretty lucky to win their last game um, without Giannis. He re-injured his ankle, and he's going to be out again for game five. So, I mean, I would count them out at, at this point, but I don't know. We'll see if the Heat finish them off. But I also am surprised about how the Nuggets are kind of keeping up, keeping up with the Clippers because, I mean, they fought pretty well last night. I, th I think they should have won that game last night against the Clippers, um, but they just came up short. Uh, Paul George played pretty well, and Kawhi Leonard had an iconic dunk with the middle finger. So um, the, the, the Clippers just made uh, more plays, but the Nuggets are definitely keeping up with the Clippers. I can see why you're surprised about the Nuggets, but I think there was more evidence to support that that might happen to them just due to how the Clippers performances have been so iffy. Uh, even actually what's more surprising is uh, Nuggets shutting down Kawhi. Now that was like a, uh, something I just didn't, haven't seen any other team do, even though I don't think it's going to be consistent, but just to kind of draw back to what you were initially saying with the Heat and the Bucks, they are the most surprising. I, the, the Bucks are completely gone. We already know this. this is, there is absolutely no team who has came that, back from a 3-0 uh, uh, deficit. There just isn't. There's like, I think it's 0-139. I'm not exactly on that number, but I know exactly that it's zero on the other side. So, yes, it, it's, it's definitely over. It's just about whether you want to throw in a little bit of hope at the end, which that would completely ride on Middleton. Giannis is completely done. Like, he he doesn't play again this season. I agree. Um, he will not play again this season. The Heat are just going to finish them off as, as is expected. Um, but I didn't even think that they were going to win their last game, the Bucks against the Heat. I, I really I don't know what happened. Sweet. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. yeah. Even I with Giannis. <laughs> I think they would have it would have been a sweep if Giannis stayed in the game. And that sounds like it sounds really dumb. Like a bit guy who's gonna be repeating as the MVP in the league that they would have had more odds of losing and getting swept 
with him in the game than out of the game. But it just wasn't what it it is what it is. They're being limited when it comes to pressure moments because it is it's it's just the theme of the NBA that you put it in your superstar's hand, especially somebody of the top five caliber. You always put it in their hands, even though that is not really what they need to be leaning on. It has clearly been shown that you build a wall and you stop Giannis. I mean, he's still gotten points, but I guess it hasn't been whenever it's really counted. And then he got injured, so that's hobbling the team even more. So he's out there trying to play through injuries, so that's another strike. So um, I'm not going to say that removing him makes them better, but I think with him being injured, that probably plays uh, a better role, a better part for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not saying that makes them better. I'm just saying they had a less of a chance of they had more of a chance of getting swept with him in the game because the Heat have appropriately planned for Giannis. They stepped off the gas when Giannis wasn't there and not really like off off the gas, just hey, we don't particularly have a game plan for this one type of off like it, it off the gas. Like it just they slipped in a win because Middleton actually stepped up uh, in that moment. Otherwise, it would have definitely been over. <laughs> well, it's pretty much over. But um, let's go ahead and move along to the next series, which is the Lakers and the Rockets. So um, the Rockets took game one. Lakers took game two. Um, but with the way the series has played out so far, do the Rockets have a real chance of defeating the Lakers and moving on to the next round? They have a chance, but... It's weird. It's like three teams who I feel like they're playing absolutely sloppy basketball. Like, they're so hot and cold. It's just you can never really be sure which temperature they are. Uh, That would be the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Rockets, which are actually, I think, the most highly favorited to win the championship. Uh, Because the Bucs, of course, used to be in that race, but we know that's, that's over. So the three most, the best contenders or top contenders for winning it all actually show the most shakiest uh, when it comes to consistency. From what I've seen, from what I've seen in these playoffs, the only team who really, the two teams who show that they really have a championship type of uh, caliber team that's well-rounded is either Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics, and one of them are going to take each other out in the next round. Yeah, so, but... Do the Rockets have a real chance of um, taking out the Lakers? Yeah, just because it's sloppy, but not really. Like it's it's such a iffy uh, way to think of because it it's like, will the Lakers beat themselves or the Rockets? I I think in order for the Rockets to win, the Lakers have to beat themselves, and for the yeah, that's just how it has to be. Okay. Um, I think they do have a pretty good chance. I I think it's really 50-50. The biggest X factor in this is, um, I'm really sad to say, but it's Russell Westbrook. He's been terrible. (laughs) He's been awful. I mean, just terrible. If he plays just, I guess, mediocre, they win game two. They they win game two. They they are up 2-0. I don't care how, how well LeBron and AD have played. They win game two. Um, Russell Westbrook has just been terrible. And that's uh, another wasted game from uh, Eric Gordon, which he played very well. Um, He was very inconsistent in the first round, but he showed up in that game. Um, James Harden was pretty good, but Russell Westbrook, he has really been the MVP for the Lakers, really. Um, I I just think he's he's the biggest X factor in this. I can hear you on that. And imagine OKC this year with playoff P and Russell Westbrook's performance right now. Oh, God. Could you imagine uh, that just the fact that you had those two players who are just really not showing up? I think those are the two players who haven't shown up as much. Uh, Paul George showed up last night in that small amount, but still nothing to the caliber of a top uh, superstar. So I would say... Uh, to kind of bring it back around, it's it's going to definitely – Russell Westbrook is the X factor. That's it. And I think the Lakers must – they're going to have to beat themselves because I don't think James Harden can beat the Lakers by himself. 
So when you say they're going to have to beat themselves, does that include Russell Westbrook actually playing good or just playing like he has so far? I think either way, even if he plays well, if the Lakers do what they're supposed to do, they still win. But it's still a toss-up if the Lakers don't do what they're supposed to do. They seem to be – it seems to be a such a relaxed attitude sometimes about points in the game, uh, when they're up in the game. And, and it just doesn't click to murder the team just to, to put them in a the grave. They, they like to keep that mentality, but it's never really there the whole time. Um, I think if Russell Westbrook plays well, the Rockets can definitely win the series. Um, and I mean, they proved that in game one and really game two, Russell Westbrook, he was just terrible. Um, he was mediocre in the first game, but terrible in the second game. And, oh man, it it just hurts me to say, but he's been awful and I have to point it out, but I think the Rockets have a real chance if everybody else, uh, does what they're supposed to do, um, outside of Russell Westbrook, and he plays above average. That's all they really need. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I really don't know because I don't think the Lakers are supposed to lose this game. I think the only way they lose it is if they just do too much or too little. At whichever way, I can't really read the Lakers because I have no real confidence in their dominance. <laughs> Um, outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, um, that's not really too much, too many playmakers. Um, but we'll move it along to the Nuggets and the Clippers. So the Nuggets are, well, they were a surprising team for me, but what chance do you give the Nuggets, uh, for knocking off the Clippers? Mm, I give them a 35% chance. Oh, that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's actually better than, uh, of course, previously thought. I should give them more. I should give them more respect. But I, I still don't have that, that type of confidence. It's, it's the opposite effect of how I feel about the Lakers. They can do a lot of things right, like a lot of things right in the game and still lose a game. And the Clippers can do a lot of things wrong and still win a game. And that's that's the deciding factor of me lowering their percentage. Because if I was really standing on what I've seen, I would say the Clippers, sorry, uh, the Nuggets have more of a 40, 42% chance. But it seems like the Clippers make it out. Maybe it's the coaching, uh, but they tend to make it out, which makes it a 35% chance. Okay. I I think that's pretty good. I'm actually going to go lower. I'm going to say 25%. Um, <laughs> just because the Clippers are just so much more well-rounded and they have depth. And even if they have a superstar playoff, they can still win. Like Kawhi Leonard, he didn't really have his best game, but he did show up in that one moment with the um, middle finger block. Um, I guess that's a, a new type of block. And uh, <laughs> the Nuggets, they played the their heart out, but it just wasn't enough. And the Nuggets just don't have enough to uh, overcome the Clippers from what I've seen. And I mean, they're, they're playing their heart out, but it's just not enough. I agree. And Kawhi played horribly. You know, he only hit one shot in the last two fourth quarter in the last two games. One shot. One. He's played absolutely horrible. He, they, they barely made it out that last win. And I really, I want them to just go ahead and lose so we can just get over this. Uh, of course, that's wishful <laughs> thinking, but I, I, I really want them to just go ahead and do this so the mayhem can start to happen. Because I think Paul George, some somehow, some way, something's going to make it the way he's not there anymore. It will be still Kawhi, but I, I don't know. Something's going to be moved if they do not make it past this round. Okay. Well, um, I'm pretty sure those Clipper fans are hoping for the same thing for the Lakers. Um, but <laughs> we can move it along to the signing of, no, the hiring of Steve Nash for the Brooklyn Nets coach. Um, 
So Steve Nash, he's never been hired as a coach before. Um, this is a high-profile team with these two superstars with, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, so with this hiring, do you think Steve Nash deserved it? Oh, uh, I don't know about deserved it. That's, that's a hard question because <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like to dictate deserving in such a way because I think he gained this uh, – this job due to, to his relationships with KD and Kyrie. It's, it's been a relationship thing the, the whole way. That's the only thing, really, that got him this job. So deserve it? I don't know because I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it. There are a lot of coaches that their first go-round on coaching, like in the NBA, as a head coach, was they didn't go from assistant to head coach. They went straight to head coach. That would be Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, and multiple coaches, whether they be black or white. So I can't really say he didn't deserve it because he hasn't went up a uh, stepping ladder on a coaching and coaching in the NBA. I say he, yeah, he deserves it because he cultivated the right relationships with the right stars. Now, it's going to be a different conversation when we get into the whether he should be the coach. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't think you'd really deserve it off of having relationships, having relationships with um, some of the employees. That, I don't think that's really deserving because your resume doesn't say that you deserve it off of your previous work. Now, I mean, you have played at a high level in the NBA, but what coaching experience do you have? So I'm going to say no, he, he doesn't exactly deserve it, but I see why they hired him um, because of the relationship, like you said, with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and they will listen to him. And I, I think, actually, I mean, I, I really think it, it, it will work um, because Steve Nash, he did play the point guard position and he's able to see how everything works from that position. So I think it will work, but I don't think he did deserve it. Yeah, I'll stick to the because I'm not going to really say whether he deserved it because I also think that I know that the large percentage of jobs that are are gotten in America is due to recommendations and people, you know, through connections. And I think it's roughly about 65 percent to 70 percent of jobs out there are never posted. It's because it's it's done through networking. So I can't really say that he did not really deserve it because I can't I, I'm not going to go against his basketball knowledge. They had to do some. Hopefully they did some type of background on actual knowledge of the game. Um, but now when it comes to whether he should be the coach, I definitely don't think I think this was a horrible decision by the next Nets. This was they had a a chance to get it right, and I think they got it completely wrong. I do not think there's a championship in their future, uh, and I do not think it's a Steve Kerr situation, even though it's Steve Nash. I mean, why is it so bad? Who should ha who should they have chosen? Uh, they can choose uh, Mark Jackson. I think that would have been an amazing hire. Uh, now, that it makes it clear that Pop is definitely not leaving the Spurs. Uh, that just made it clear, but that was rumored. If they were able to work that out, I think that would have been an amazing move. I just think that you do not bank uh, a, a time of maybe two to three years on a new coach who doesn't have no established system. And then is also going to have coaches up under them who have been established in the situation. I, I think Steve Kerr ended up in a Goldilocks situation where things were kind of plugged in, established, and he didn't interfere with anybody. Mark Jackson built that house. This situation, there's no house built. You got actually, it's a house built. It's built by Kyrie and KD's tweets. How do you feel about that? Um, I think it was a pretty good team without them, um, but they just make it even better. And I think Steve Kerr, I mean Steve Nash will be a pretty good coach just from the position that he played. I think that he sees the court from multiple positions from being a point guard, seeing how everybody works, and he'll make it work. Um, but as far as deserving something, because 
you have a, a relationship or previous relationship with somebody that doesn't mean you deserve it that's just because you just know somebody that's that that's not really deserving that's like nepotism but um i, I like that <laughs> it really is it's like nepotism but i i mean i think it'll work just because of the position that he um that he had while he played in the nba and greg popovich outside of him being a coach on the court i don't really like him because he just constantly disrespects the media and people just just be like oh that's just him being him no he's disrespecting you blatantly and you're not paying attention to it and that's how they that's how it would transfer onto uh coaching kevin durant and kyrie irving that's funny because you like bill belichick he literally acts exactly the same way. I know it's a different. No, but he gets a whole bunch of hate, though. Greg True. Popovich Very doesn't. That is, you, you're definitely right. So that, that is different. You're right. He does get hate. Uh, real hate from that. You're right. You're definitely right. Uh, but I don't think it was a great um, pick. So I'll go ahead and ask a question. What's the max you think they get out of three years combining Steve Nash coaching Katie and Kyrie? I think at least two finals appearances because I feel like the East now it's very competitive, but it's just waiting for somebody to take over it. And I don't think Giannis is ready to take over it. Um, as we can see them already about to lose this, um, their series and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, if they can stay together, that's easily two finals appearances. Cause I, I don't, I don't see anybody else that can really take over the East, at least. And just maybe one uh, championship out of this. I hear you, but I really hope this forces um, Giannis's hand. Because the, the East is weak. It's been, it's been weak, but I think it's a little bit weaker than, than even previous years. Uh, because even the superstars aren't really stepping up in that, in that division. But I really hope uh, Giannis goes to the Miami Heat. He, he is. I hope he go ahead and have that whole conference just like LeBron. I'm taking my South, talents to South Beach out here because how are you going to compete if there's a real established Nets team? They will dominate. So in order to compete, like how uh, LeBron had to do with the Boston Celtics when they teamed up, it, it just makes sense, which I really love. I would absolutely love it if Giannis go ahead and join the Heat. Yeah, uh, but do you move some of those up and coming? Um, I'm not sure whether to call pieces? them role players. Yeah, some of those pieces, you know, some of those young players. Do you move them out of the way? Well, it's only certain ones that it, they just aren't movable, uh, which can that I got four people, I think. I think it's four, maybe five, but I'm not moving Tyler Hero. He has clutch in him. I'm not uh, moving Bam Alabayu. We can move the dunk champion. I can't remember his name right now, but we can we can move remove him. I'll give him up. Uh, that's a movable piece. Uh, we definitely keeping Jimmy Butler for his uh, culture and his his leadership because we're gonna need that if Giannis comes. And I think that's about everybody who has to stay. Okay. Um... But realistically, I think that he can make the finals. I mean, they can definitely make the finals. I because think they make the they, finals this year. Yeah, off of their series right now, they could definitely make it. Because I, I, I really, right now, it's hard to say whether Boston is a real team or not. I, I'm not really giving them real credit. They're, they're going to have to beat Miami to get my respect. And they will actually have earned it because Miami are some real go-getters. If you beat Miami, you get my respect when it comes to Boston. Because I think they're going to make it out of the series between the Raptors and Boston. It'd be crazy if they didn't make it out because the Raptors will get smashed by the Miami Heat. <laughs> yeah, um, I had some confidence in the Raptors before the, the playoffs. Uh, really, Whenever the after the their first power. round series, but the after that power. they just have not played well, and the Celtics uh, really they should have they should be up I think at least three one by now, but it looks like they'll finish off the the Raptors. Um, but I agree the Celtics will get a lot of respect if they beat the Heat because we know what the Heat bring with their culture and Jimmy Butler and what they've done so far. And 
I'm not too not inclined to possibly let that happen. Either way, it's kind of like the heater in a win-win situation in this case, because I think if they lose to Boston, they campaign hard to get Giannis. Giannis is already about to lose to them, but it, it shows that they both need each other. Now, if they beat Boston, they made it to the finals. I'm happy either way. So it's a win-win. I think it, one or the other builds for future winning or winning now, or maybe they can get it all, all together. They, they can have their cake and eat it too. <laughs> yeah, and just to think, I mean, this this heat, the heat organization turned it around so soon, um, and we just didn't even think that was going to happen. Um, yeah. Jimmy Butler, from the first time he got there, he was, what, there at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., like where everybody at? You see, that was real, down to now. He, he, everybody's accountable, and he is the first person there. So I really love the culture. I mean, you know, I'm already a Heat fan in, in, in this way, uh, but I, I think this will push a couple of things in the future. I know the original question was about Steve Kerr and their max, because I didn't really answer the question. I Steve think, Nash. Sorry, yeah, sorry, me, Steve Nash. I, if only if Giannis joins the Heat. Does that not happen where they make it to the finals at least one of those times? I don't know about winning it, but they do make it to the finals at least one out of those if Giannis does not join the Heat because there is no other East team that will really be able to compete with the star power they will have with the Nets. No, not at all. Um, the 76 is going to be disbanded. Um, yep. The Raptors, uh, they'll probably do the same thing like they always do play pretty well in the regular season and then maybe lose in the second round or something. Celtics, they might get a little bit better. I don't know. Um, they might I, take the I next step. I feel like step. they're still so young. I don't know why. But I don't know why. It, it just always feels like they're young, even though they have a good amount of rep veteran, veteran years on them. Uh, Kimba more than held his own in Charlotte. Uh, but I just don't have that confidence behind them. I don't know what's missing. Um, probably a star that you really stick with. That's what's missing. Um, well, Jalen Brown, you got, uh, I mean, I don't Tatum. really care about them. Exactly. Person. I feel the same way. I do too. I, I do too, but I'm trying not to be a hater in that way. It just, it's, it's not being a hater. You just don't care. <laughs> true. That is true. That is very true. Uh, but, but to kind of round it out, I, I say the Nets max make it to one finals i'm saying max max one finals something else will happen in the east trade wise or whatever and i don't think Giannis leaves the east it is just way too open for another superstar to join the west and complicate their own route to a championship okay um yeah i mean they're gonna have to make some moves for the uh, nets to have a challenge but without that i think the nets definitely make two finals appearances um, but we'll move it along to the last question that involves the NBA. Um, so with the NBA playoffs currently going on and the start of the NFL season closing in, which sport are you more excited to watch? Um, it depends on the night. <laughs> it really does. Cause I didn't really kind of point it before, but that Raptors shot was absolutely amazing. I put the Raptors in the grave. I was like, uh, good, good idea thinking y'all had confidence in this season. I literally was like, y'all season over. Y'all about to go down 3-0. It's absolutely over. 0.5 seconds left. There's absolutely no way. Kimba's made the most perfect shot that will be iconic. And now it's forgotten. Because this man hit a three-pointer clean as day with 0.5 seconds. So it depends on the day. If you're giving me NBA like that, I want to see NBA. If it depends on the matchup, if it's the Bucks and the Saints, I want to see it. Even the Thursday night game, the uh, I think it's with the Chiefs and the Texans, I want to see something like that. But I, I'm not tuning in for the Browns and uh, Ravens. Let's say Stevens. I, no, because I watched the Ravens just for uh, Lamar Jackson. But I'll say the Steelers. I'm not watching the Browns and the Steelers, even though there are players to watch. Okay, so you're sticking with the NBA? Um, no doubt it's the NFL for me. <laughs> um, because even, even now, 
I only watch highlights of some of the other games, but the main series that I'm watching is the Rockets and the Lakers and some of the Nuggets and the Clippers. But other than that, I've barely watched the East playoffs. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of waiting for the finals and (laughs) see what happens there. But I'm so ready for the NFL to start. Um, Football is back. And like you were saying, you said that you didn't think that they were going to be able to get this far. Now, I mean, we're we're at the beginning, but I think they'll be able to get throughout a uh, full season if people don't start getting the, the, the virus. But I'm definitely ready for the NFL. I I give it to them. They they've gotten to the start point, but we'll see how long it lasts. Uh, I think they're gonna make it last. There's like way too much money entangled in all of this stuff that you see. College football has started up. There is no hesitation on this. Football started up. I think there's gonna be a whole lot more injuries also when it comes to the NFL because there is no preseason. I think maybe at least. 35 to 40 percent of the people didn't really get appropriate training during training camp because they didn't even know whether they were coming uh, to to camp. So I I don't I don't know. It will be iconic to watch the football, especially with the protests. But I'm just not in an immediate hurry, hurry to see NFL all the time. Oh, I'm in a hurry. I'm ready. I am ready. I cannot wait. I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm so hyped. Um, I'm just waiting to see how all these storylines play out, you know, with Tom Brady, with the Buccaneers, and then Cam Newton with the Patriots. Um, Lamar Jackson coming back for another round of playing a full season. Patrick Mahomes, see how their team is going to do. It's just a lot that's going to be happening. Um, But let's move along to the Patriots. So, they named Cam Newton as their starter, the QB1, and uh, Bill Belichick has been giving Cam Newton high praise, and Cam Newton even went out on a limb and said that it's a match made in heaven for him and the Patriots. So with all this praise and uh, back and forth between Cam Newton and Bill Belichick, do you think Tom Brady should feel salty? Yes. It's right. <laughs> Hate, hate, hate coming his way, yo. They are throwing shots on shots on shots. Man, uh, boy, they are a scoring couple who kind of still want to be together. Because uh, <laughs> these fools, they sending it out through the airwaves. They were silent for all these years with the uh, beef and sweep, sweeping it up on the rug. But there are shots. There are shots even within his embracing of Cam Newton. It's it's no slight to Cam Newton. I don't think there's any beef between the Cam Newton, Tom Brady, but Bill Belichick is going to make it apparently known that he can compliment people and that he kind of always felt uh, that Tom Brady was a below average quarterback that he made better. Well, I'm not sure if he thinks of him as a below average quarterback that, that he made better, but he definitely thinks that, he made Brady and he is the Patriots this he should get most of the credit um but yeah I I think Tom Brady should feel salty I mean all that he's done for the Patriots um getting the team to nine Super Bowls winning six of them I mean not just anybody can do that even if you know he's had a pretty pretty good defense for the most part I mean they bend but don't break uh, for the most part, but he, I mean, not anybody can just do that. And I think that Tom Brady deserves a little bit more respect um, coming from uh, Bill Belichick. You know, he's trying to uh, build a, a great relationship with Cam Newton, which is fine, but he's kind of heaping a whole bunch of praise that we ha- really haven't seen from him before. Uh, so I think Tom Brady should definitely feel salty, but we'll see if he can back it up once. Um, he starts the season with Tampa Bay. He should feel salty sweet, a little toffee like. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's definitely sweet to have all these weapons because it's like gift giving time for Tom Brady. Boy, he get every weapon in the book. Uh, your boy from 
the Jaguars out of nowhere. He's added on. It's it's weapons on weapons on weapons. It is an overabundance. It's kind of like he should not feel. So it's eh, it is some pressure behind. Not like if let's say there is a real decline in his ability, then there will be a whole lot of pressure. Uh, but all around, he should feel salty because Tom Brady, not Tom Brady, but uh, Bill Belichick is making a point of expressing how much he likes Cam Newton. I I felt they should have did that anyway. Like they needed to put full confidence in him to get the best out of Cam Newton. He he does work on provado and uh confidence and that's just him there's nothing wrong with that but it's clearly showing that he's throwing shots through the media where he would have never even attempted to do it actually it should look like love actually he actually should feel sweet it feels like love because who else is getting that treatment that hate treatment because <laughs> hey, it's, to it's hate a love hate relationship gotta, to hate somebody you got to kind of love love them a little bit you have to because it takes energy to hate. If you didn't care, you wouldn't you wouldn't hate him. Yeah, I think they they more they, he cares more than he loves. He he definitely cares to hate him. Yes, um, that, that definitely takes energy. Yes. Um, but yeah, he should definitely feel salty. Uh, you have something else to say about that? No, no. Okay, so we'll move it along to um, still about Cam and the Patriots. Um, the Patriots have lost a whole bunch of players from last year um, through trade and through the offseason. Uh, big subtractions, Tom Brady, um, a few linebackers opted out of the season. And there just hasn't been too many improvements for the weapons around uh, the team as far as wide receivers and running backs. So with all of the, this, um, hold on for a second. With all of these factors in play, how successful will Cam Newton be with the Patriots this season? I think it'd be very successful. I actually think it'd be very successful. Um, I don't think I don't buy into the Patriots really declining that much. I really don't. Their their defense they built that you drafted more for defense. Defense is going to be great. Um, I think he he prefers to establish himself on defense and play a tough out game where you possibly dink and dunk. But even though Cam, dunk, uh, Cam Newton is not a dink and dunk uh, quarterback, he actually needs to be a dink and dunk quarterback to establish all the other things like running and deep throws that he is very, very good at. Um, so I would say, yeah, it's, uh, he's going to be very successful with the Patriots. I take my put my money on the Patriots winning the, the division. Okay, with them winning the division, what's their record going to be? Uh, I think nine and seven is a good one, but I actually think they end better than that. I, I, I just have more confidence in saying they're nine and seven, but I think they might win ten games. Okay. Um, I also think that Cam Newton will be successful, but not very successful because he just has too many other parts that just aren't going to be working. Um, but let's go ahead and run through their schedule. So they get the Dolphins first game. I'm going to count that as a dub. Then they get the Seahawks <laughs> at the Seahawks. Um, they should beat the Raiders at home. Then they play the Chiefs at the Chiefs. Uh, they play the Broncos. I, I might give them a dub. That's a toss up. Then they play the 49ers, Bills, Jets, play the Ravens, Texans, Cardinals, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets again. Um, I'm going to say 9-7, and seven, and that's probably one of the uh, best scenarios, 9-7. and 10-6 and six is really pushing it, but 9-7, and seven, I think that's probably the best scenario that, that they can get with this team. I really don't see eight and eight. Like that's why I, I, there's absolutely no way I can go down to eight and eight. It, it must be minimum nine and seven. I think it's minimum nine and seven because I like. Do you, are you really looking at this schedule? First of all, uh, we we're going with Fitz Magic for the first game. Well, uh, I said that's a dub. Oh, of course, of course, of course. But just I only for sure thought maybe three of those are for sure losses. 
And that's really on my blind confidence because you know way NFL works. It depends on that sun, Sunday who's playing and everything. Uh, a good team can lose to another team who you don't think is a good team easily. But even with what you put out, I sit I, confidently maybe three teams out of that. And, I, of course, they're going to lose more than three for my prediction. But that makes it, what, 10 and 6? So, really, I should put my, my number at 10 and 6. I don't think they lose more than six games. Okay. I mean, you can say that, but they will definitely lose probably at least two division games. And then you got Buffalo Bills once. Yeah. But you got the Seahawks, Chiefs, Ravens, and Texans and 49ers, depending on how you think they might be this year. But that's, those are five big playoff teams from last year. Um, I mean, they might win maybe two out of five, but that's I, I don't know. That's that's really hard that's to predict. That's no, but that's me. Right that's there. me being very optimistic. I think that they can lose all of those games. And they're still even if they lose that, that's 11 and five. No, no, no. no. So they lose those five and they lose oh, two, in the, two in the division. Okay. That's nine and seven. Yeah. OK. Yeah. But still the original prediction. So, Max, that's what I said in minimum. Nine and seven. I, it's, it's still me kind of rooting for a team that I hate. Not really rooting for, but uh, saying that they're going to do well for a team that I dislike. And you kind of rooting against it, not to, to jinx your team. But I, I not rooting against them. I'm being realistic. <laughs> not saying you're rooting. Like I, I maybe phrased that wrong. But saying it so you hedge your bet in a way. Not I would do it. I wouldn't overestimate if I was rooting for a team. I would put it within reasonable. Uh, expectations. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to take things from a realistic approach. Um, and the Patriots, they just don't have the talent to make it this year. Um, usually they are in a Super Bowl conversation, but nobody has said that. Um, the team has even been lowered down to the the ranks of 9 and 7, 10 and 6. We don't usually hear those talks about the Patriots. So this is definitely um a downward type of uh, prediction for them. So but. I have a question. If the Patriots and the Bucks both end their seasons 13 and three, who has had the better season? Who had the better season? Um, I guess it depends on the numbers, the numbers of those quarterbacks that that's really it. That's what it all depends on because the records are tied. Well, I would say that the Patriots had a better season in that case because it is it's like expected of the Bucks. It is definitely nowhere near expected for the Patriots to do a 13 and 3. So in, in that way of thinking that it would be a better season for the Patriots. Uh, I mean, they have the same record. I, I can't say that that's <laughs> them having a better o- season. Overachieving versus they- under underachieving like I, I just I think there's not much room to get a lot of credit for the Bucks other than being dominant less than dominant you get no credit if they go 12 and 4 it's still good but it ain't it, I, I think the their expectations out there are higher which like the Miami Heat like we, we in a way we think they over slightly overachieve even though we clearly see they are established good team Okay, um, I don't think many people are predicting a thirteen and three for the Buccaneers. Uh, oh well. no, I'm not. Well, they, they're thinking, you know, people out here talking about undefeated and stuff like that. But no, that's I, definitely not going to happen. But they're not expecting a less than twelve game win with all of those weapons. I personally think maybe it's different in other people's minds, but from my perception, I think it's a minimum twelve and four season, or is. Of course, that makes you, that gets you to the playoffs most times, but it wouldn't I mean, be like, hey, <laughs> 12 really? games. I mean. No, I, was, I think 11 and five, I was supposed to be saying, but yeah, uh, normally, yeah, that'll get you to the playoffs, but, but you got to move on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and move it along to some NFL contracts. So Deshaun Watson, he just got paid a four-year, $160 million contract extension. 
with $111 million in guarantees, and the total value of the contract is up to $177.54 million. And right before him, Patrick Mahomes also received a 10-year year deal that has him being paid over $40 million per year. With both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson being paid big contracts, what will Lamar Jackson's contract extension look like? Boy, it's going to be ridiculous if he does great this year. God, it's going to be ridiculous. Because it's just like a match and you match again and you match again uh, situation. They're, they're going to have to revise um, Patrick Mahomes eventually anyway and give him more money. So I, I think they bank in for the 10 years also. I think they, they put their full foot into the mud and they try to get right at the same as Patrick Mahomes or only like a slightly, maybe it could be 1 million more. Okay. Um, the only way I see that happening is if he wins the Super Bowl. Other than that, I think it's a five-year contract extension. Um, now it's going to be a lot in that contract, but it's, it's only going to be five years if he doesn't um, win the Super Bowl uh, because as we've seen in the playoffs, he hasn't really made it that far. Now he is um, pretty young and we don't expect young players to make it very far because they have to gain some experience. And he has definitely grown a whole bunch since he's gotten into the NFL. And I believe that he'll definitely win his first playoff game this season and um, probably go even further. But he's going to have to win a Super Bowl for them to give him that 10-year contract. Um, but my prediction is um, that he probably won't win a Super Bowl, and they'll give him a five-year deal, um, somewhere around $45 million a year. Okay, I can see that. I can definitely say that. Yeah. Um, but any other thoughts about that one, about that question? No, not really. Not really. Okay. So we can move along to our last subject, which is our picks for the NFC division winners. So the first division that we're going to talk about is the NFC East. And, you know, they feature the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, and the new team, the Washington football team. So <laughs> who is your pick to win the NFC East? Um, easily, I'll say the Cowboys. Like, wow, no, no, because I, I just I don't see it happening with the Giants. I definitely don't see it happening with the Washington franchise. Uh, and I'm not really scared of the Eagles at all. Um, so preseason analysis, it has to be the Cowboys. They've added the best pieces that pure off pure talent. They might be the best talent-wise team. And this is the one year I buy into overall they got the most talent, but that does not always relate to wins. Okay. Um, but one thing I've learned over the years is that any game in the NFC East, whenever they're playing each other, is never very easy. Um, and the Cowboys are always going to make it, make it to where you're on the edge of your seat waiting to see if they're going to win or lose. So I don't think that they easily win this division, but I am going to pick them to win the division because they have some of the best weapons in the NFL with the wide receivers. Um, Ezekiel Elliott still have a great offensive line. They got a new um, offensive-minded head coach, which should really help Dak Prescott maybe get him a contract. I don't know. Um, but the Eagles, um, they're just one game away from Carson Wentz getting injured. That's why they probably drafted um, – uh, what's his name? Jalen. He was. He got drafted. Um, he was from Hurts. Oklahoma. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yeah, and I think that he could have been a starting quarterback. So that's why they drafted him. Um, the Giants. They are still some time away from being competitive. Uh, I'm not. I'm still not sure about that quarterback. But I mean, he's fine. And Washington. They're just a dumpster fire. Um, it's just a poorly run organization and I don't have any confidence in their, uh, their, um, quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have any weapons, so they're trash. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. That's why I was like, it's an easy pick. <laughs> That's a, I just can't put any confidence in anything else on any one of these other teams. But you're definitely right. It is always a toss-up when these teams actually play. Yeah, so let's move it along to the NFC North. And that division features um, the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, and Detroit Lions. So who's your pick to win the NFC North? I do not know. And it does not make it easy because there has been no preseason. But I have no idea what those teams have. I would literally only be picking off of some blind faith. Uh, But I I think everybody's just going to go ahead and pick the Packers. Uh, Just because that's the only thing you can really put confidence on. I don't even know what Detroit has. I don't really, I don't really know what the rest of the division has to offer. So I'll put my money in on Aaron Rodgers and, a, a, a late run because shoot, Jordan Love might end up uh, messing that run up anyway. But right now, <laughs> I'll, at least, I'll at least say the Packers. Okay, um, the Packers didn't really add too much to their offense, especially at wide receiver. Um, and it looks like they're going to be more of a running team. So mm, I don't know about them. Um, the Vikings don't. The biggest question mark is Kirk Cousins. Is he going to play well or is he going to shrink under pressure? Um, and then the Bears, they were trying, they have a QB battle with Trubisky and Nick Foles, and it looks like Trubisky won the starting job. And then you got the Detroit what? Lions with Matthew Stafford. And, I mean, that team is always up and down. So I'm going to pick the Vikings because they have a pretty good defense. Um, they upgraded somewhere in the secondary. I can't remember where, but – um, and they they have offensive weapons, so I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this division. Okay, I like that pick, but um, my surprise underground pick is going to be the Nick Folian uh, Bears, <laughs> because I think that the only reason why they chose Trebinsky over Foles in this situation is because they they pretty much present an even matchup, like. Uh, kind of flip a coin on which one you want to start type of situation. But Nick Folian, you know, Nick Foles has this type of ability to have other players want to join around him and uh, have this type of faith. So I think the only reason why they picked Tremensi early right now is because they put money into him. They've, they've done certain things that they have to give him another try because once Nick Foles becomes the quarterback, I don't think Tremensi it either will be a bear for much longer or we'll start again the rest of the season unless Nick Foles get hurt again. So why did Nick Foles leave from Jacksonville if he's going to take over and lead this team to a division crown? I'm not saying he takes over. I don't think he's taken over any team he's been on. He's had a, a uncanny ability to have other players want to join around him. I don't think it has been his direct leadership in any one of those situations, but uh, talk to the Philly fans, talk to people, uh, even the, the players from Philly, they really wanted to go behind the play of Foles, which was pretty consistent and could have iconic moments. You know, I'm just kind of uh, on this uh, kick of Nick Foles never got enough respect type of thing that I, I think it's a flip of a coin. And the only reason why you bring in Nick Foles is if he can possibly be that person to step in. That's the only thing he can do is step in. Whenever you actually expect him to be the starter, he folds under pressure. But oh, if he if he can come in after somebody's, I don't know, injured Agreed. or they, they can't play, then he can kind of step up to the plate. But it's mainly towards the end of the season because this guy has never played a 16-game season and I have zero faith in him. I agree. I think this happens uh, around week eight, week week ten, perfectly for them. He, your, I absolutely agree. He is a come in after somebody else has done a terrible job or gotten hurt. Quarterback. He is that that perfect person to, to slip into there, be consistent enough, give you enough key plays that people actually are backing behind the fact that you're doing more than they expected. 
by week 10, it'll be over. It's, they won't be a factor. <laughs> well, I don't think Nick Foles uh, becomes a starter until around that time, no earlier than, uh, than week eight, unless there's an injury. What I'm saying is, even if he does come up around that time, it won't matter because the team will most likely be trash, and he's not the type of guy to lift up everybody else. Oh, no, I definitely don't think they're going to win the division off of that. <laughs> but Oh, oh, well, okay. I, That's what I thought yeah, you were trying to say. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just the way that their season is going to go. Well, yeah, we can move okay. on to the next one. <laughs> okay. Um, so we will move it along to the NFC South. So this one features the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Carolina Panthers. So, who's your pick to win the NFC South? By a small margin, the Panthers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you didn't expect that one, did you? <laughs> no. No. Go ahead and explain. I think they actually are working on something here. I think the Teddy Bridgewater, I think the running, uh, I forget his name right now, uh, but I Mr. think. McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. I think there may be something there. You never really know how these NFL seasons play out. They never play out exactly how people think. So I'm just planning for the uh, probability that there's a shakeup. But that's just like a – it's really no real base behind that other than a simmering feeling that somebody's going to win outside of somebody who we think is going to win. Okay. Um, I think this is one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. I mean, the Saints, they've been um, Super Bowl contenders for the past three or four years. The Atlanta Falcons, we're just waiting for them to actually cash in on what they have on offense. They did play in the Super Bowl three or four years ago and ended up coming up short. Um, And they have plenty of weapons, an embarrassment of weapons, and they just played mediocre. Um, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Um, there are expectations with Tom Brady coming to town, and um, I, I think they'll most li- most likely uh, live up to most of it, but maybe not completely. Um, and the Panthers, low key, I do think that they that they are a pretty good team on offense. I don't I don't know about their defense. Um, that's a huge question mark. Um, Christian McCaffrey, he's gonna do what he do, do what he does. Um, DJ Moore, I don't know if you know that wide receiver, but I think he's a great receiver. I think he's waiting mm-hmm. to be one of these breakout stars. Um, and I think he'll get some around 1,200, 1,300 uh, receiving yards. So I, I think Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, they're going to go off this season um, with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, dumping it off a lot. So I think that this is one of the toughest divisions. So this is a very hard pick. Um I'm just gonna go with the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just edging it out with <laughs> maybe eleven and five. Yeah, you, you went the easy pick. I, I I just couldn't go the easy pick because uh, like it just makes it's an embarrassment of riches with the uh, Bucks also on what they've added. So they're supposed to win, but you know the NFL just never plays out exactly how people want it want it to play out the majority is not does not tend to be right on picks yeah but i think the favor is in this the, the saints are have a lot of uh momentum because they've all been together they've played together uh for a long time with uh drew Brees and michael thomas stay on this huge wavelength where they can complete almost 80 percent of the passes between the between those two and I mean that's ridiculous for wide receiver and uh, quarterback. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, whenever he came in, he was still making plays. Um, so that's one. That's going to be a hard team to not pick. But I'm just going to pick the Buccaneers to edge them out just barely. Um, but we can move it along to the last division, and that's the NFC West. And this one features the San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks. L.A. Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. So who's your pick to win the NFC West? Boy, that's a hard division, just like the other one. Um, I'll put my confidence in the Seahawks. I, I really will. 
but it, it's really based on faith and uh, the past because they don't really have the weapons. They, they don't really have it, but it's mostly because of Russell Wilson. I, I can't see any other reason why I would have the confidence that they would be the one to win the division because it's just hard all the way around. Oh, yeah, this one is a pretty hard one. Um, they have had the two, the last two NFC championship winners with the 49ers and the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, but I don't think it's going to be either one of those teams. Um, the 49ers, usually the Super Bowl loser, they go in a slump and don't even make the playoffs. And I think they might be that team. And I'm actually going to pick the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they upgraded a lot on, on offense. Kyler Murray, I think he is the real deal. And he'll have that type of um, Lamar Jackson type of feel or feel good season where you know they win the division and make it to the playoffs maybe not go that far but they'll be pretty good and they'll just barely edge out the Seahawks um, but the other two with the 49ers and the Rams they'll just be mediocre or not good at all yeah it is simmering that way I can see that happening um so I, there's no knock on that pick I, I, I like that pick it's just so hard to pick who will make it out. It could be the Rams surprise, even though they're way, way over the, the salary cap. They're surprised here that somehow they make it to the top of the division, which is actually they're the, the least likely to make it to the top of the division. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this is a hard division to pick. Um, just last year, I mean, the Cardinals were probably last um in the division and nobody expected them to do anything and even the 49ers I, I mean i never expected them to make it all the way to the super bowl but they were the real deal and i think they're just due for a step back just like every super bowl loser um but great any um any extra any extra thoughts about that no, not really, but I did want to kind of update that uh, Von Miller will be missing the entire season as he yeah, suffers an ankle injury in practice. So that that's that is definitely a blow to uh, the to the Broncos, and it might be the end of Von Miller's career. Man, way to put his ankle in a grave! But I... <laughs> <laughs> well, when you take a year off and you have age on you, it does not vote well because the league always gets younger. Yeah, that's true. And if they see you having a step back, you know, they'll quickly move on. Um, mm -hmm. But that's it for us at So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, we, we'll move it along to the trivia questions. Alex comes up with the questions. It'll be three questions. I definitely don't know what he's asking or the answers, um, but I'll try to give my best guess along with some commentary. So you can go with that first question. All right, first question. Who has the most NFL MVPs? A, Tom Brady, B, Peyton Manning, or C, Brett Favre? I actually think this one is pretty easy. Um, I know Tom Brady has three. He won one in 2017, 2010, and 2007. Um, Brett Favre, that one, I'm not sure. I know he's probably won at least one, but I'm not completely sure. But I think right, Peyton Manning, he, he has this man name. <laughs> Brett Favre? Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, well, at least one. I'm not sure of the amount. But um, Peyton Manning, I, I feel like he's won the most. But you can go ahead and ask that question again. Yeah. So who has the most MVP, NFL MVPs? A, Tom Brady. B, Peyton Manning. Or C, Brett Favre. The huge question mark is Brett Favre, but I don't think he's won more than Peyton Manning, which is five. So Peyton Manning is my final answer. Correct. That is correct. Uh, Peyton does have five. Tom Brady does have three, but Brett Favre has three also. Okay. I didn't realize that. And the one Super oh, yeah, Bowl, right? About... Yeah, and the one Super Bowl. Okay, cool. All right. One for so, one. Yeah. Um, question two. Which team 
was the last to win back-to-back NFC East championships. A, the Cowboys, B, the New York Giants, or C, the Philadelphia Eagles? Hmm. This is not really easy. This is a division that has, they barely have any back-to-back division winners. Um, Wow, this one is kind of hard. Go ahead and ask that question again. Okay. (laughs) So which team was the last to win back-to-back NFC East championships? A, the Cowboys, B, the New York Giants, or C, the Philadelphia Eagles? There's not much commentary with this one. Um, I'm just going out on a limb. I'm going to say the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. It is correct. Do you know when? Um, I think it was somewhere around 2010. It's been at least 10 years. No, it's been longer than that. It's been much longer. Uh, Yes, it was the Eagles, and they had four straight NFC East championships, which were from 2000 to 2004. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been a very long time. Yes, very, very long time. I got it right. Yeah, you did. So two for two. Last question, number three. Who has the most tackles in NFL history? A, Ray Lewis. B, Brian Urlacher. Or C, Darren Brooks. Oh, okay. Darren Brooks. Okay. I was actually expecting uh, Lawrence Taylor, but um, I guess not him. Um, We all know who Ray Lewis is. Um, You said Darren Brooks was the other guy? Derek. Derek Brooks. Derek Derek Brooks. He just seems so random. He feels like the answer. Um. (laughs) Tampa Bay Buccaneers, do you remember him? No, no. He's one of the the old two Buccaneers. Yeah, he's from them good Buccaneers. Yeah, he is a part of that championship uh, Buccaneer crew. Okay. He's still random compared to those other guys. I mean, nobody really thinks of him. Um, Then Brian Urlacher, you know, he was one of the great uh, Chicago Bears linebackers. But I really don't know. So uh, go ahead and ask that question again. All right. Final question. Who has the most tackles in NFL history? A, Ray Lewis, B, Brian Urlacher, or C, Derek Brooks? Um, I'm just going with Brian Urlacher. I know that's wrong. It is. (laughs) 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 The correct answer is Ray Lewis. So... Ray Lewis has 1,569 tackles. The second person is actually London Fletcher, which you probably wouldn't have guessed it if he was, or you would have just probably picked him out of nowhere just because he wasn't uh, somebody widely known. But I thought you might kind of remember Derrick Brooks a little bit more. Derrick Brooks has 1,300. Ray Lewis has 1,500. And 68 tackles, and Brian Erlacher has 1,046 tackles. He's he's like number like nine or eight on the list. Okay, so next time another question like this, you know, with who has the most tackles or whatever, it's always a linebacker. <laughs> well, Derrick Brooks would have been a really good choice. Derrick Brooks had 1,300, and Derrick Brooks was a beast. Like he was, he's a middle linebacker. Middle linebackers tend to get the most tackles. That's why all three were middle linebackers. Uh, yeah. Ray Lewis is a middle linebacker, Brian Erlacher, and Derrick Brooks. Yeah. Um, but two for three, you know, that not, not too bad. Um, I think I'm doing kind of good. Um, but that's it for So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.